1: Welcome to Good Morning Football presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We are live on Christmas Eve in New York City where it actually snowed a little bit last night. My name is Rachel Bonetta joined by Sean O'Hara, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt. I think Kyle and I were the only ones that got the memo for festive wear. Grinch vibes is all I'm saying. Happy holidays, everybody. We are so excited to spend this morning with you and get you ready. But let's break down some football. We got a lot to talk about. It is time for the lead block, baby. The lead block
2: block of the program, in which we celebrate so many miracles, like Peter breaking out the Latin Heritage Month sweatshirt on Christmas Eve, which we love. We also love seeing Julio Jones and A.J. Brown back. Jimmy Garoppolo, have a night, primetime, my man. You got a loaded roster and you got some weapons, but you got a 7-0 lead, second and goal, early on. Throws to the end zone, it's picked. And A.J. Brown, quiet in the first half, but 10-10. First and 10 now, Tannehill. Over the middle, touchdown. That is AJ Brown. Listen to the stat line, 11 for 145 and a tug and a dance. 11 is a career high for him, he got his number. (laughs) 17 to 10, James Garoppolo. Second and goal again, touchdown. Tannehill now, 17, 17. Tick, 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 tick. And here comes your Randy Bullock highlight. He drills it. The Titans go up, there was a crazy attempt at the Yakety Sacks lateral play at the end of the game by the Niners that was unsuccessful. And the Titans, wildly successful in the second half, win at home 20 to 17. I think that's a 10 next to their name, 10 to five. And wait till you hear this Mike Vrabel sound. I love this dude. He says, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought there was the Titans funeral already. Take it away, coach. They're all amazing. But I think under the circumstances of a short week, being down, uh, being down some bodies against a really good football team, we'll figure out where, where everybody has us after this week. You know, I mean, we were, the funeral for the Titans was yesterday or today, but we're not dead yet. You know, we'll come back and we'll play. I guess the Dolphins next, right? That's who we got in 10 days. This, this weekend's going to feel really good. Uh, I'm happy that our players can rest and recover after getting a victory.
1: We're not dead yet! I like it. Let's take a look at the AFC playoff picture after last night. The Not Titans joined the 10-win club and slid up to the number two seed in the AFC. They can clinch the AFC South if the Colts lose to the Cardinals on Saturday. We're going to talk about that game a little later. It was a tale of two halves last night, guys. Totally different stories. What stood out to you guys the most about that comeback win from the Titans? Peter.
3: Rachel, yesterday on this show I said, uh, before we get carried away with the 49ers Super Bowl train, let's realize they have a major defense. And it's at the cornerback position and it's Josh Norman and it's Ambry Thomas and it's Dante Johnson. And this is not Darrell Revis or Everson Walls or Champ Bailey. And I said, at some point. A wide receiver is going to just absolutely destroy this defensive backfield from San Francisco. I just don't know who it's going to be. It might not be Tennessee. And then Debo Samuel showed up and then A.J. Brown said, I got an answer for you. And A.J. Brown was that guy. And they couldn't stop him. And this has been a player that has not been able to stay on the field this season, has not been able to get. And then in the biggest of moments, when they needed him most, he said, put it all on me. And guess what? San Francisco could not stop him. AJ Brown was awesome last night. Career highs in targets, receptions, his yards, 145, a touchdown, that one right there. This was what every Niners fan has been losing sleep over the past few weeks because it's like, yes, we're winning, but there is a major deficiency back there at corner. Someone's going to exploit it. Jamar Chase did two weeks ago. And then last night, AJ Brown did. what a performance by the Titans. They, I thought they were going to be down 21 yeah. in this game. They hung around just enough in the first half. And Kyle, you could take it from here, but we showed what they've got there in Tennessee. They've got heart, they've got spirit, and they have a never-quit-on-that-coach attitude that I can't help but respect on this Friday morning as they've only got two regular season games left and they're looking at the standings and everyone's looking up at them in their division. That's right,
2: Peter. Talk about it. And speaking of talk about it, I, I don't think we've talked
3: about the Titans in two months.
2: We just kind of went away from them in December and November, and they're still here. I got I got the big man here with me in the basement for the holiday Boys. cheer. And I'm thinking of these, uh, these uh, white elephant <laughs> gift exchanges. And the Titans are like the scented candle. They're just sitting there, nobody's stealing it, nobody's interested in it, boring it. You'd rather go for the dumb gag gift or the scratchers and I can get you squat. The scented candle's been there before. It's gonna provide warmth and ambiance <laughs> and aroma for your family. Take the candle. The Titans are the candle. Let me tell you something, this Tennessee Titans team that we're hyping right now has 10 wins. This team lost to the Jets and the Texans. They were outclassed by the Texans. They were down 19-nothing by the Texans. And who gives a damn? Vrabel said it himself, wait, where's the funeral? No, 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 no funeral. Because as we're all oohing and aahing about the sexy Bengals and the Chargers and the Dolphins, the Titans have scars, they got skins on the wall, they have been there, they've been in fights, they have won fights, and this is the time when everybody says, don't look now, they might have Derrick Henry coming back. No, 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 look now. Take a look. Because this team is not playing for 10 days. They got a 10-day break. They got two games left, probably before a home playoff game. And I think Derrick Henry may be out there. It's very murky if you look into it when he's coming back. But A.J. Brown said after the game, we got the king coming back. I know they're not sexy. I know they're not the coolest thing to bring to your Christmas party. But they're good, and they've been there, and they work the Titans. Like it or not, America.
4: (laughs) so many great references right here I, i'm gonna pull this one out i think rachel alluded to this one Titans right now are money python in their search for the holy grail okay we're talking about funerals they're not they're not i'm not quite dead yet no derrick henry you lost him your yep. neck's falling off Flash no no one. i think i'll go for a walk mm-hmm. they just keep pounding the rock they keep coming back and I love the Mike Vrabel coach teams everybody when you hear the word gritty some of you may think of the dance that everybody's doing in the NFL I think about how tough this team is and how tough they are losing Derrick Henry no left guard and Roger Saffold no t- left tackle and Taylor Lewan, and yet they found a way to scrape out a win against a playoff caliber team in the 49ers I think when you look at the hero ball that you mentioned, Kyle, Ryan Tannehill played last night, he was phenomenal. And he was slinging it. And it wasn't just Ryan Tannehill doing it all by himself. I think last night we saw a player come back from IR in A.J. Brown. And, and four days ago, A.J. Brown tweeted this t- message out talking about how much he missed Aww. football. That was four days ago. Yeah, it's good. It's a Christmas Guess what, miracle. AJ Brown? We missed you too. And Ryan Tannehill miss you too. I, I, A.J. Brown was phenomenal. It's amazing to, to, to me to think that a player that had been out, hadn't played in, in, in a number of weeks, comes back on a short week. Look, when you play on Thursday night, guess what? You don't you don't go full-speed practice. You have walkthroughs. All right? he, I don't know if he ran a full-speed route with Ryan Tannehill throwing the football all week long, and yet he showed up and he balled out. Kyle, you mentioned 10 days. Look, I, I think this—who has it better than the Tennessee Titans right now? They just won a game last night. They will yep. clinch the, the divisional win if the Colts win mm-hmm. this weekend. So on Christmas Day, they could the get Colts an ladies. extra gift under the tree, Colts a little t-shirt, little hat. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Colts lose, excuse They're me.
1: praying for a, a Colts loss <laughs> as their Christmas miracle. Listen, I don't want to take away anything Cardinal from else. what the Titans did and A.J. Brown coming back. It's all great. But I think that the yeah. main reason why the Titans were able to pull out a win was kind of because the 49ers let them do it. They they pulled out okay. the red carpet in that second half, and they were like, you know what? Merry Christmas to you guys. We're not really feeling it right now. And NFL Network pulled up a board in their postgame show, and it was all about Jimmy G. And it was him in wins, and then it was him in losses. And surprise, surprise, in wins, he's great. 13 touchdowns this season, only one interception in the win category. In losses, he's got nine touchdowns, nine interceptions. I feel like I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but Kyle Shanahan has not really made it easy on this guy to be successful this year. He's had all of these press conferences where he's like, I don't even know who's going to be alive this year. Trey Lance is absolutely going to be our quarterback next year. I feel like all the pressure is on Jimmy G. It was a short week. He had a bad game. I think a lot of people are going to overreact to that. I think a lot of people like to dislike Jimmy G, especially according to my Twitter feed last night. So I think this was more about the 49ers blowing it than the Titans killing it. We're going to bring in our uh, NFL Network insider, Ian Rappaport. Week 16 is underway. I want to check in on a couple of superstars ahead of the weekend. What is the latest with Lamar Jackson and Dalvin Cook? And I really like your tie today. It's nice. It's a candy cane.
5: I appreciate it. This is a uh, festive tie or whatever. Yes, let's get to Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens starting quarterback who obviously did not play last week because of an ankle injury and not great news for Baltimore here. He has not practiced yet. This week, Generally, if a guy is coming back from injury, you'd like him to get not just a limited practice, but a full practice. We haven't seen anything from Lamar Jackson making you believe that it would be once again Snoop Huntley for the Baltimore Ravens, which for most teams, backup quarterback, very, very bad news. The way that Huntley played uh, against the Green Bay Packers makes you think, once again, they have a shot this week against the Cincinnati Bengals if, in fact, he does play. Meanwhile, for the Minnesota Vikings, They lost their Pro Bowl running back for this Sunday's game against Los Angeles Rams. Dalvin Cook, who is unvaccinated, tested positive for COVID-19. That means he is now out 10 days. It does, though, mean he is out just one game. So he is not going to be there on Sunday, which is okay. Alexander Madison, their backup, who is also very good. He came off the COVID-19 list. He is going to be available. But no Dalvin Cook for Sunday. Then he is going to go all the way to next Saturday. And then that would be his 10 days, so he just will miss one game. But obviously for the Vikings, every single game down the stretch is important.
1: Okay, tomorrow on Christmas Day, unwrap an NFL double header with huge playoff implications. Coverage begins with NFL game day kickoff at 2 p.m., people. Be there or be square. Action kicks off at 3.30 p.m. Eastern as the Browns head to Lambeau Field to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Red Hot Packers on Fox, NFL Network, and Amazon Prime. Then, at 8.15, Jonathan Taylor leads the Colts in a battle against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals only on NFL Network and the NFL app. Shregs is going to be there. It all starts tomorrow at 2 p.m. with game day kickoff, baby. Oh, yeah. All right, Week 16 has officially kicked off, and there's such a great slate of games coming to us this weekend. So let's break down some of the best matchups with a round of Mad Minute. Let's go. Okay, let's start with the nightcap of NFL Network's doubleheader on Saturday. Colts at Cardinals. Cardinals could clinch a playoff berth with a win. Peter, what intrigues you in this game? Start the clock.
3: Yes, I'm going to be on the sidelines for this one If my flight takes off I've already had one canceled We're working on it with the travel department So we <laughs> shall see If I'm not and I'm on my couch That's fine too I talked to Kyler Murray for about an hour yesterday And if you think this guy is phased at all By what happened in Detroit You got another thing coming out Whether that's a good thing or not It does not even level on his radar There is not this feeling of I need to prove anything or panic Some people will not like that I kind of do He is looking straight ahead at the Colts And I think Kyler's ready to go
4: yeah, I think he is, too. And Darius Leonard, I can't wait to see this guy. I mean, he, he was on Kyle's angry runs earlier this week for his interception with the stiff arm. He's going to have a big challenge. They know it defensively, try to contain Kyler Murray, but I think Darius Leonard has a monster game.
2: Is Kyler ready to go? He just lost to the Lions. Like, the, the team is is circling the drain right now. Let's see something. He doesn't look like he's having any fun out there. And I love that. For such a fun player to watch, go out, chuck touchdowns, break ankles, Kyler, have a day. You should be a superstar. We're celebrating right now, not getting ready for you to lose.
1: Fun fact, this will be the first First time the Colts play on Christmas Day in the entire 69-year history of the franchise. That's kind of cool. All right, next up, the Rams travel to Minnesota in a game with big playoff implications. Rams win and they're in. Okay, no Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. Sean, what are you looking for in this one?
4: Yeah, a couple of the best receivers in the NFL right now, right? Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. I'm looking forward to seeing Cooper Cup and, and another monster game for him. I think he, you know, puts. We've already talked about him being an MVP candidate. I think both he and Matt Stafford should definitely be more of the conversation i think they put an exclamation point on it
2: i hear you there's so many eyes on the rams right now because they're more of a front runner but i there is no more fascinating team in this entire nfl than the vikings in december it's everything you talk about are they good are they not this is a marquee matchup do they win these these are the ones usually show up for and then there's the weird ones now give them credit they took care of business against the bears but i will never be able to tear my eyes away from kirk cousins in a december game vikings stay on or get off which is it going to be
3: yeah, and can you look at these two teams last night? Watching the Niners just give that game away, as Rachel so eloquently put it in the first hour and the first segment of the day. Now the Niners are back into that. Oh, we're still in the wild card hunt, and suddenly the Vikings have new life. Thinking, wow, we're just another team just lost to an AFC opponent. We can get there. Vikings are alive, whether you like it or not, and you know how this season's going to go. It's going to come down to the final field goal in Week 18. Whether it goes in or doesn't, I can't tell you.
1: I'm excited for this one. Justin Jefferson only needs 21 yards to break OBJ's record for the most receiving yards in a player's first two seasons. Imagine if he did that right in front of OBJ. Mm -hmm. I'm here for that drama. Uh, All right, next up, the Cowboys host Washington as they look to push for the number one seed in the NFC. Dallas is in the playoffs due to the 49ers losing last night. Kyle, what are you keeping your eye on here?
2: I mean, they're in the playoffs. Congratulations. Golf clap. Now, Dak Prescott, let's heat up. Let's get on a heater. We got a couple weeks. This is a nice little slow warm up to the, the playoffs, whatever it's gonna be, probably a first round home game. I want to see something. This Dallas Cowboys team just won't let us do backflips over them. We got through this phase. This is going to be the slump phase. And maybe if they make a playoff run, we look back. Remember when they were in a slump? I need a hot game from Dak Prescott here. He's due. He's ready.
3: Yeah, I'm with Kyle on this one. It would be great to see this offense step up and show us a little something that gives us some optimism heading into the final few weeks of the season and then the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. And again, Kyle, that's great. And we should celebrate that. This defense has been the better unit, and it's been the better unit for quite some time. It would be great to see the offense. I mean, look, the Eagles put up 230 yards on rushing offense against this Washington defense. Ah. What can the Cowboys do?
4: Yeah, I think for Mike McCarthy right now, you're excited your teammate is in the playoffs now officially, but it almost kind of you're worried about your team not having the same grit and the same fight now going into this game. Dak Prescott threw two picks the last time I played Washington. He mm-hmm. needs to clean it up. Offensively, they need to play a little bit cleaner football. He's missed a lot of throws, and they've had a couple of drops as well. So they, offensively, they've got to pick it up.
1: Uh, next up, we got the Broncos heading to Vegas to take on the Raiders with both teams looking to stay alive in the AFC playoff race. Peter, what intrigues you about this matchup? The, the
3: Raiders are still alive. They're like that cockroach <laughs> that the league has tried to put down uh, week after week after week. And then you look at the record. Raiders are 7-7, seven and seven, and they're, like, knocking on the door for the playoffs. And if they win this one, suddenly they got a little momentum, two-game win streak. And I'll tell you this, as much as we love Stafford and Cup and Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, for my money, give me Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro on a random Sunday. That's and just cool. the seem to have a great connection. <laughs> I'm enjoying this team.
4: Yeah, how about how about Derek Carr just bouncing back from the interception that he had to lead him on on the drive? Uh, you love his confidence. You love that he's he's unfazed by all that stuff. I, I'm looking forward to this Raiders team, you know, stacking another win here and give me his Josh Jacobs all day long. You can't uh, you can't show me enough highlights about Josh Jacobs.
2: Yeah, how about some Broncos talk? I think they're gonna go in there and flip the table. They have to watch what happens to their quarterback last week and all that they've been through. They won't go away either, Peter. This is the battle of the the cockroach bowl, I guess we could call it. And I like (laughs) the (laughs) Cucaracha. I'm with
1: Shregs. How is this team still alive? I think it's pretty impressive given everything that they've been through this year. It's pretty phenomenal. All right, the Bengals head into Baltimore with first place in the AFC North. On the line, Sean, what are you looking for in this one?
4: Well, I already went Joey Burrow with the brightest star, so I'm going to talk about the defense here for the Bengals. They held the Broncos to 10 points uh, last week. The last time they played the Ravens, they stifled Lamar Jackson. They sacked him five times. I don't know if it's going to be Snoop Huntley or or, or Lamar Jackson, but when you look at, at what this Bengals defense is doing right now, it's phenomenal. Getting after the quarterback, doing a great job on the back end as
2: well. 8-6 Eight and six versus eight and six. This is so good. This is why we lift all them weights. Both the storylines are already written for this team if they don't want to not make the playoffs. Baltimore is just too many injuries, too much adversity. Cincinnati, not quite ready yet. We'll see you next year. One of these teams is going to say, screw this. We're getting in now. The home team is pretty hot right now, it feels like. I feel like it's going to be them.
3: Cincinnati's up 28 to 21. Tyler Huntley hits Mark Andrews. Let's no go. time left on the clock. John Harbaugh. Let's go. What do you do? Goes for two. Two (laughs) point conversion.
2: You told me once,
3: fool me twice, George Bush quote, whatever it was, you won't get fooled again. Won't get fooled again.
2: (laughs) Finally,
1: the Steelers had to, Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. Kyle, what are you watching for with Pittsburgh? What do you got?
2: Number seven, Rooster Cogburn for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How many more of these he's got in him? They did the thing last week where they say, no, we're not going quietly into the night where the Steelers never bet against us. Is there ever going to be one of these weeks, maybe it was the Vikings game, where it all just empties out? No. I see 7-6-1 and one versus 10-4. and four. Am I predicting that Pittsburgh's going into Arrowhead to win? No. But I think they'll show up.
3: <laughs> they, they might. Kyle, right now, Travis Kelsey's not suiting up because of the COVID protocol. Tyreek Do Hill's it. not suiting up because of the COVID protocol. Yeah. This is the way the season has gone that these teams in week 16 can be dealt major, major news and missing major, major players. I, I think Pittsburgh actually has a really good shot, and if Casey doesn't have their full arsenal of weapons, that defense might feast on them.
4: Yeah, the sloppier, the better for Pittsburgh right now. And look, if you're Ben, I, I think he, he's he's always been a, f- a one for the dramatic. He's always had a little bit of a flair to him when it comes oh, yeah. to winning games uh, down
1: to the wire. I think Pat Fryerbooth could end up having a big game. Big Ben, a flair for the dramatics, just makes Good me move. think of him with all those gigantic ice packs all over his body walking yeah. to the sideline. All right, that is it for Mad Minute, guys. Coming up next, I am so out of my mind excited for this Lions head coach Dan Campbell. We will chat with him about the Lions and his quarterback Jared Goff. Plus. Their huge win over the Cardinals last weekend, right after the break.
0: Let's go. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
3: Joining us now is one of our friends of the program and a head coach who is riding high after one of the most surprising and biggest wins of the NFL season. Of course, it might not have been a surprise to him and the players in his locker room. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Detroit Lions head coach, Dan Campbell. Let's go!
1: Yeah! Let's go! Morning, Coach. (laughs) Good
6: morning. Coach,
3: Merry Christmas. You guys have won two of three games and Sunday was a 30 to 12 victory that showed all three phases clicking and a team willing to fight and run through a wall for each other. What was the reaction after Sunday, and what is the vibe as we head towards another weekend of NFL football with your Detroit Lions?
6: Well, look, it was, of course, that felt pretty good. I mean, uh, you know, the guys, you know, we told them, Shoot, man, after the game, it, there's nothing like The closest thing to playing is, is when you watch your kids at a competitive level play. And then when you're a coach at this level, to be able to give these guys a plan that you believe will work and watch them bring it to life. And uh, they did that. And their effort, intensity, and focus, and they've been that way all year. You know, we haven't gotten the Ws, but we practiced with a purpose and it showed. And look, that's a good team now. That's a good team. They're going to bounce back. And they're going to get people fits. But that that one felt good for us. Dan, when I think about
4: people that wake up at a three-point stance, you're absolutely one of them. Uh, We we didn't have a chance to play together with the Giants, but I came the year after you left. And guys were still talking about what a great teammate you were and how much they loved you and how tough you were. And you've become one one of our favorite coaches to watch. I love listening to you talk. I would love to play for you. Um, You bring all kinds of passion to, to the team, to the game, and I love your leadership. Golf, no DeAndre Swift. No TJ Hawkinson, balls out last week. What's something that people don't know about Jared?
6: If they don't know it, they should know it. He's tough, man, and he's pretty resilient. He, he's been a durable, durable player in this league. What he did right before halftime uh, in that game where he had gotten hit and then, you know, he takes a shot and uh, he has to, we had got to get him off the field to get him checked out. And uh, that's in a two-minute sequence, by the way, at the very end of the game. He comes back in a play later, throws a beautiful pass to uh, a swift, he has to sit in the pocket after being hit, people on his legs, and make a hell of a throw. It was just outstanding, man. And that to me is his toughness, really. I thought resonated. And uh, man, if it didn't show up, that's what people I don't think maybe always know about him just how tough he is,
2: coach. I gotta tell you, this is a thrill to have you on. We love you. I love you. At some point after the season, like can we get a lift in or something or get a coffee and a lift or like take in a Metallica show or anything like that? Can we do that, please?
6: Sure, I mean, you, you tell me, what do you wanna do? And uh, we'll do it. I, I'm, I'm pretty game for anything.
2: I love you, man. I really do. And I love what you're doing. And you know what, <laughs> coach, on our show, you know, everybody wants to talk Rogers and Brady and Mahomes and we do that too. We also like celebrating dudes like Jason Cabinda. We love Kabinda. Kabinda, your fullback. Kabinda, the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Detroit Lions. He came on the show, coach, and we asked him. We asked Kabinda. We said, what's it like? Tell us about the Coach Campbell experience. What's it like playing for him? Here's what your player had to say about you. I would run through a wall for for Coach Campbell if I'm I'm being serious. Uh, You know, there's not a lot of coaches that you have where you can look your coach in the eye and you know for a fact that that man would put pads and a helmet on and go out there and fight right next to you. There there really aren't a lot of coaches out there that you can say that about. And, you know, he's one of them. And um, he's, he's one of the only coaches who you can say is going to bite somebody's kneecap off. So I, I'll
5: leave it. I'll leave it at that. <laughs>
2: Coach, he said that December 9th. That was not back in August when it's warm and everyone's all optimistic. December 9th, and you guys are battling through a tough season, he still says that about you. What's that mean to hear that?
6: It feels good, but let me say this, man. Jason Cabinda is he's the heart and soul of our team, man. Guys like him are, uh, you know, Cabinda, when he came in last spring, we didn't know a lot about him. I knew he played fullback. He was converted fullback from linebacker. So last year was his first year. He was raw and... uh Man, from the time we got him in spring, watching him move around and and just his intensity and his focus and his work ethic and he's smart. And and so we've kind of he's become a hybrid H back for us as well as a fullback. He he's doing a lot and tight end. I mean, he does a lot of things for us. So we love that kid, man. And uh, and look, we were able to give him a bone last week. He executed perfectly, got him a touchdown, got his first touchdown. So uh, you like that, man. When, when guys like that do all the dirty work they do, they need to be rewarded at times. So um, it's awesome.
1: You're awesome, Coach. Three games left in the 2021 season. You've got the Falcons this Sunday in Atlanta. How important is it to you to finish the season strong? Do you feel like playing well down the stretch can carry over into next season for you?
6: I do. I believe that. Every, we've talked about all year that this for us needs to be about building the foundation. You know, we're we're pouring concrete right now, and it's not. You know, there's nothing glorious about it. It's not always going to be fun. It's hard work. Uh, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in it, but but you want to see it start to pay dividends. Uh, and I, I feel like we're starting to get there now, you know, and the et- the work ethic's always been there, but I do feel like it's important to finish strong. And uh, we're kind of, we're, we're trending the right way right now. Now we got a good opponent and they're in the same boat we are. They're trying to build a foundation. And uh, I got a lot of respect for Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot who I was with at the Saints. So. Uh, this isn't this isn't going to be some easy task. I mean, they're trying to do what we're trying to do, but but I like where we're heading right now.
3: Yeah, Coach Campbell. Christmas Eve is a great day for everybody, but I don't know if you know this. Fifteen years ago was Dan Campbell's last touchdown reception as a player, and it happened on Christmas Eve so on the fifteenth year anniversary. John Kitna, as a Detroit Lion, going to Dan Campbell. For the touchdown, is that Hunter Hillemeyer. Sorry, Hunter. You couldn't keep up yep. with this guy, this gazelle. Coach, 15 years to the day, your last touchdown reception, what do you remember?
6: Here's what I remember, honestly. That, that was not the play. It was it was supposed to be a shake route, <laughs> so it was supposed to be a post-corner. I got a good release, so I said, why would I go back to the corner when I got him beat like this? So I just stayed skinny and kittenna- <laughs> kidna found me. <laughs> so. It worked out good. That That's what I remember. But that was, it was a hell of a throw. Good protection. I mean, that was, I, I didn't really do much other than just run right there. So we that's lost. It's so a nice, beautiful I hands catch. Great head fake.
7: Oh, <laughs>
2: Coach, quickly, the world wants to know, as we are on Christmas Eve here, what is Dan Campbell's favorite Christmas movie?
6: That one's easy. That's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, man. Cousin Eddie. I'm <laughs> yes. all over it. I could watch it over and over for I hours know, at a time. That's my absolute favorite.
3: Coach, thanks for coming on the show. Good luck this weekend against Atlanta, and we hope you come back soon. Awesome win on Sunday. Let's keep it rolling. Very cool moment for Detroit. Okay, Woo! appreciate it. Y'all have a good one.
1: Time now to check in with our very own Stacey Dales, who has everything you need to know
7: before tomorrow's huge Christmas Day matchup between the Packers and the Browns. Stacy, Despite a world of adversity for the Cleveland Browns due to injury and the COVID reserve list, they understand the relevance of this week's trip to Green Bay. One of four teams, 7 and 7, they are just a game back in the AFC playoff race and they understand this will not be an easy trip as they get ready to face Aaron Rodgers back to MVP form leads the NFL with a 110 passer rating leads the league TD to interception ratio 30 to 4 and now looking to conquer yet another record with one passing touchdown 443 will be the number he will surpass Hall of Famer Brett Favre for the most As a Packer in NFL history, I talked to wide receiver Alan Lazard, and of course he told me this week that it'll be special when it happens. No matter what position you play on this team, whether you coach, a monumental moment, he said, to be in the presence of Rodgers and play alongside him for the time he's been in Green Bay. To be the recipient of one touchdown along the way of Rodgers is an honor. They haven't talked about it too much. They know it'll be huge, but the Packers very much focused on maintaining the number one seed in the NFC and securing home field advantage in the playoffs.
1: Thank you, Stacey. We got a double dose of Canada on this show this morning. I love it. All right, let's Let's talk about this game. The Browns are on a short week after a tough loss on Monday, uh, and the Packers are coming off a win over the Ravens from Sunday. That was a very close game. What can we expect from this game? Peter, what do you think?
3: I think it's interesting that the Packers are the number one team in the NFC. Everyone is circling them as the favorite, and yet the individual players didn't exactly get a bouquet of gifts this past week. I'm gonna go back Mm -hmm. to the Pro Bowl voting. Take a look at the teams that led the NFL in Pro Bowl players. Well, the Colts got seven, the Chiefs and the Chargers got six. Where's that Packers logo? Where's that Packers logo? Not in the top eight, not in the top 10. The Packers only got three Pro Bowlers elected this year despite being the best team in the nfc through 15 weeks of football i look at some of these guys i look at devondre campbell i look at rashawn gary i look at rasul douglas i look at aaron jones a lot of these players who i think have a strong argument to say hey you know what i was the best at my position this season as well and have not been included national tv Rodgers is going to put on a show we know it but don't be surprised if a few of these other players who were left off the Pro Bowl and were not even included in the voting process have something to say as well. I think the Packers roll on this one. Sorry, Browns fans. I think Green mm. is still playing angry. And even though they're mm. the number one seed, have not even gotten the respect they deserve.
2: Peter, I think you're onto something there. I think part of the reason they are down at least one pro bowler is that one of their one of their best players has been on the sideline for a lot of seasons. Number 33, Aaron Jones. And he's been sitting around. Touch has been really low. He's been banged up. And we talk about the A.J. Dillon thing, and that's great. I wonder if this is laying in, a guy who's laying in wait right now for the Packers. Here's the deal. It's going to be really cold this weekend, as we know. They want to stamp their their, their impression on that number one seed for the NFC. And I just wonder if 33, whose touches are still really low, even though he has 10 touchdowns, is saving a bunch of the tread on that tires, and then maybe some of the injuries he's dealt with could be fortuitous for them down the stretch. We've seen a lot of Packers seasons name the guys if you want, whether it be Lacey or Ryan Grant, especially in the snow with Brett Favre's later years, where running back takes over in Lambeau on the hard field, and I just look for maybe this is the weekend for Aaron Jones is finally coming out and explodes because he's one of those Pro Bowl guys who's been on the sideline, and I feel like he's laying in wait. I think the Packers roll in this one too, Peter. What do you got, Sean?
4: Yeah, Shregs, I love that you're bringing up the Pro Bowl snubs for that. And and obviously, they've been without their two Pro Bowlers, Zedaria Smith and David Bakhtiari. But let's be honest, the Green Bay Packers, look, they're not excited about Pro Bowls. They're not excited about getting in the playoffs. It's Super Bowl or bust, right? This is the last dance. Well, here's what I'm expecting from this game. The Browns are all banged up. Kevin Stefanski is picking up guys at the Cleveland Hopkins Airport before they fly to Appleton, Wisconsin. And you're going up against that guy right there, Aaron Rodgers, on Christmas Day? You know what Aaron Rodgers has done against the Cleveland Browns the two times he played him? Six touchdowns, zero interceptions. He also owns the Cleveland Browns in addition to the Chicago Bears. You know who has the record for most touchdown passes on Christmas Day? It's Aaron Rodgers. So what do I expect from this game? I expect Aaron Rodgers to ball out. Look, he was lights out against the Baltimore Ravens. I expect more of the same. They're on a mission right now. And it's to be in L.A., to win the Super Bowl. I don't think the weather's going to deter Aaron Rodgers from playing ball, and I don't think the Browns are going to be able to slow him down either.
1: Well, so much for Christmas cheer, you guys. This is. I think that the Browns actually have a shot here, okay? The Packers' defense, the last four weeks, I believe, have kind of fallen off. They've been allowing 28-plus points in those last four games. They let the Ravens, with a backup quarterback, score 30 points. And I want to talk about Baker Mayfield. If he is going to be back... Listen, he had some time off oh, to no. repair. He was sitting on his couch. He was tweeting about the game. All of these yeah. ouchies are going to feel much better, okay? What's I'm going, going Browns the here. They are a team that oh. likes to be counted out, and they are definitely being counted out by all three guys. That's for sure. Uh, and I, I think that They actually could pull out a win here. So go, brownies, go. Do it for Rachie, okay? Uh, Okay, time to get into the Christmas spirit, you guys. We got gifts to offer to teams and players. Our special holiday segment, Three Wise Men, is coming up right
2: after the break. Here we go. Christmas time is
0: here. Oh, yeah. I got some cookies for those boo boos.
1: Welcome back to GMFB. Merry Christmas Eve. Uh, in the spirit of Christmas and the holidays, we here at Good Morning Football would like to offer up some gifts to those teams and players we think deserve them. We are calling this Three Wise Men and a Random Lady. Nice. Here's how it's going to work. Each of you will play the role of a <laughs> oh, H- Wise Man. And I'm going to ask you guys a question that relates to the gift you are offering up. Okay, first we will start with Peter, I'm to playing after? the role of... Of the first wise man who offered up gold which symbolizes kingship peter right now as of week 16 which team intrigues you most on their quest to be crowned super bowl champion
3: i will take the arizona cardinals here Uh, which team intrigues you the most on their quest I, i i don't know what to make of this team and they're playing saturday night and here we go and it's like are we are we in or are we out? Because you can't lose to the Lions one week and then, and then just show up and say, well, we're the Arizona Cardinals, the mighty, mighty Arizona Cardinals. I, I don't know what we're getting Saturday night. And I spoke with Cliff and Kyler yesterday, and they don't seem as phased by it that the rest of us do. But gosh, if you want to talk about a, a team with a giant question mark, despite a great record and great players, it's Arizona. And last year at this time, they were a playoff team, a shoe-in, the whole deal. And they missed the big dance. This year, can they can they right those wrongs, or are we going down that road again? Guys, we don't talk about Arizona Cardinals a ton. We're based on the East Coast. They're not one of the major. They might be the most fascinating team over the next few weeks.
1: Sean, you were up next, and we'll be playing out. the role of wise man number two who came bearing frankincense, a symbol of deity, uh, which exalted figure in the MVP race stands out to you most right now. What do you got?
4: All right. Frankincense here. For, for those of you that don't know what frankincense is, it, it, it has been used for uh, in over centuries uh, to it's, a, it's an anti-inflammatory. It also improves gut function and it also can help treat asthma. So it checks all the boxes Dr. if you are in need of any kind Christ. of remedies, which brings me to Cooper Cup who as a wide receiver in the NFL, the best wide receiver in the NFL, checks all the boxes. You need a receiver that can go deep and, and beat man coverage, he's your guy. You need a guy that's smarter to sit down in the zone, he's your guy. Third down, need to play, they got sticky coverage, he's your guy. And when you look at what Cooper Cup has done, I mean, why is he not in the front runner right now for the MVP? The last player to lead the NFL in receiving receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns was our own Steve Smith back in 2005. Ow. I saw Before that, Sterling Sharp, one of my favorite people of all time, and yet he's not getting the love that he should. If if the trend continues, he will lead the NFL in every single one of those categories, checking all those boxes just like the Frankincense.
1: All right. Uh, Kyle, you are next. You will be playing the role of the third wise man who came bearing myrrh, a symbol of sacrifice. Which team currently in the playoff picture had to sacrifice and suffer the most to earn their spot?
2: Let's just get to the Saints. Speaking of uh, all kinds of uh, biblical references, I'm a Saint Jerome guy myself, but in this case, Sean Payton might be an actual Saint for what he has put through and what he has been through and still in the reach of the playoffs. For any other team, uh, Michael Thomas, their wide receiver, remember him? That's like the biggest story of the year. Or Alvin Kamara being out all these times, or Sean Payton apparently getting COVID a second time and being out. But no, not for the Saints. The quarterback situation is farce. Jameis Winston out for the year. Taysom out. Simeon out. We have Ian Book, who only is known because really he's a Notre Dame guy, was on NBC for 5,000 hours, that he is going to be the quarterback. And I'm going to bring this up again. Ian Book is going to be the starter, it looks like. So what if he tests positive, which, you know, we're from here till Monday, who knows? Or what if he just does the good old-fashioned ankle sprain on the first series? Then we're going to Malcolm Perry, I think who is a quarterback from Navy, drafted in the seventh round by the Dolphins in 2020, or Sean Payton just puts the helmet on himself. If he's even out there, Saints have been through a lot. I played my best for them, a rum pum pum pum. That's my answer.
1: Don't you dare rum pum pum in front of my child. That might be the quote of the show. Right. Uh, Thank you guys. Thank you three wise men. I hope you all get what you ask for this Christmas as well. Love it. After the Titans' win last night, let's take a look at the AFC South standings. Tennessee still up top at 10 and five, right there. Uh, but the Colts, right there at eight and six, currently in the five seed in the AFC. Let's talk about this team, and he's got a huge game tomorrow, exclusively on NFL Network against the Cards. The nightcap of our Christmas Day doubleheader. O'Hara. You are on the NFL Network's pregame coverage, NFL game day kickoff, which starts tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. So tell me, who has the edge on Christmas Day on NFL Network, the Colts or the Cardinals? What do you think?
4: I'm going to go with the Colts right here. Look, the Cardinals, uh, they, they, they're they sliding down the chimney pole, down the NFC chimney pole like Santa Claus. And, and it's not just the offense that's been struggling. It's not just Kyler Murray. Look, their defense has not been the same defense that they were the first half of the season. And I think it's a tough matchup against this Colts offense, this punishing people. What they just did to the Patriots was impressive. Jonathan Taylor is going to dominate in between the tackles. That's where Arizona has really been pierced defensively, the -the in-between-the-tackle running game. And I think if they don't have an answer for that, it's going to be a long Christmas day for them.
3: Yeah, and I said this earlier in the show. I had the opportunity yesterday to be on Zoom calls because I'm supposed to be on the sidelines for this Cardinals-Colts game if we can get the flight and travel organized. But at the very least, I got a chance to speak with Kyler and Cliff yesterday for a long time. And I thought Cliff made a really good point in our production meeting, Kurt Warner, myself, and Joe Davis over Zoom. And what, what, what he said was, This is not new that everyone's doubting us. It's not new. Look, I'm the fired college coach and Kyler's the five foot 10 quarterback that isn't gonna be worthy of a first round pick. This is what we lean into and all we worry about is ourselves. Now I could feel the eyes rolling from Kyle's home in New York to the buildings across the NFL watching, saying, yeah, then go do it, go win it. Well, they can't do it unless they have the opportunity to do it on a big stage, and they fortunately have it tomorrow night. Like, the entire country is gonna be watching this game. There's a lot of playoffs at stake, there's a lot of uh, big moments, Like, but for Kyler, this is the biggest game of his NFL career. And I believe the way he was talking yesterday, this guy knows what's at stake and does not, does not seem faced by it. This is a quarterback who has a supreme confidence in himself and his teammates, and a head coach who has kind of a, I don't give a you-know-what attitude about everyone else. I think they're going to show up, but if they don't, I'll tell you what. The Cardinals, they're going to go right back to the drawing board and do it themselves. I don't think they're listening to everyone doubting them on all these shows.
2: Bah, humbug, Peter. (laughs) How dare you accuse me of rolling my eyes. I would never do that. Listen, this is the perfect opportunity. No one believes in you. If that's the way you want it, congratulations, you got it. I'm not rooting against you. But the eye roll factor is pretty big. I mean, you did lose to the Lions in a game that you were never in. You got blown out. Tackle Jonathan Taylor, and then we'll talk.
1: I am really digging the Colts this season, you guys. I don't know if it's because uh, they're on hard knocks and we're getting like this inside view to them, but I'm rolling with the Colts here. I think that they are a very exciting team to watch and I think that they're going to keep on going.
3: You know, at the end of the year, we just want to thank everyone who works on this show. We would typically have a long scrolling graphic with photos of everybody, but this year has been unlike any other. And I must say on behalf of Kay and Kyle and Sean and Rachel, of course, who is joining us today, Just thank you to all the folks behind the scenes. There's a crew in LA, there's a crew in Mount Laurel, and there's a crew in New York City that works either in studio, in a newsroom, at home. I can tell you that Will Selva and Dan Omahan, who work in Los Angeles, get up at 1 a.m. every day and do the news for us on this very show. But most importantly, thank you for watching us. Have a happy holiday. Please be safe this weekend. Happy holidays,
1: everybody. Merry Christmas, Game day kickoff! Tomorrow, 2 p.m., be there, be
0: square. Merry Christmas. you You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,